you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Cruise Radio Rewind is all about you tackling some of your questions today. We have Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com answering a question about a group cruise and Richard answering some questions about Norwegian Cruise Line and their bidding process. We'll kick things off with Richard. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you? Good, man. So the first one comes from Ron in Nebraska. We have a trip booked on Norwegian Encore this summer. I've been hearing a lot about bidding for an upgrade. What can you tell me about this? Nebraska. I don't even know where that is. Um, So here's what you need to know. First of all, you're going to love that ship. So very excited for you. But bidding to upgrade is sort of like gambling. You will be given a chance if you're picked. Not everyone is picked, but if you're picked, you will receive an email. And the email will say, congratulations, you've been given the chance to upgrade. You You can place a bid and there's a meter that'll tell you whether your bid is you know, poor, fair, good, excellent. The higher you bid, the bigger, the better the chance of you getting the upgrade. You basically can bid for up to sort of three categories. So for example, if you're in an inside cabin, you will be given the opportunity to, to book either an ocean view or a balcony. You may not, you may get all three categories. You may not get all three. It really depends on how full the ship is and uh, what they have available. Everybody who gets an email places their bids, and the, the, then the fun starts because the fun is basically waiting. You may not know until two or three days before you get on the ship whether or not your bid has been accepted. I always tell everyone, make sure that whatever room you have booked yourself in, not the room you're bidding on, but the room you've booked yourself in, is a room you can live with because the chances are very, very good you're either not going to receive a bid a, The chances are very, very good. You're either not going to receive an offer to bid or if you do bid, that your bid's not going to be accepted. So, you know, you don't want to book an inside room assuming that you're going to be able to upgrade to a balcony because it very well might not happen. But if it does happen, what happens then is they charge your credit card for the amount that you bid. It's important to remember that when you bid, you're bidding on double occupancy. So whether there's one person in the room or six people in the room, you're bidding for double occupancy. So for example, if you place a bid for $75, you will be charged $150 if your bid is accepted. Once your bid is accepted, there's no turning back. You, you, that you have now been upgraded. You don't get extra perks. So for example, if you're sailing in an ocean view room and you booked it with one of Norwegian's uh, drink packages, let's say. That's the one perk you get for that room. Let's say that you bid on an, a balcony and res- and win that bid, and that n- room would normally have two different perks. You don't get the second perk. You only get perks that are associated with the original room that you booked. The other thing to be really super aware of is Once you place a bid to upgrade, if your bid is accepted, you have no control over where you're going to be. So, yes, you're going to move up into a different category, but, you know, you don't have any idea whether you're going to be below a bowling alley, above a disco. It's it it will be that category of room that you've booked. But where you end up just really depends on where they have available. I've done it. I've only done it once. Um, I had booked an inside room on the getaway. And I bid $75 and I was traveling by myself. So despite the fact that I was traveling by myself, 
Uh, when my bid was accepted, they charged me $150 because, again, you're paying for double occupancy. And I got a super cool ocean view room. I actually got an ocean view room that had a gigantic porthole overlooking the very front of the ship. It was an amazing room. It's the only time I've ever traveled that I wasn't in a balcony because it was a short trip. It was only four days. But those are the basics. And if you do get this email, if you do get the email saying, you know, congratulations, you've been presented with this opportunity, it will explain it. It will walk you through it. If you place a bid, you can cancel it as long as the bid has not been accepted. Once the bid's accepted, you're locked in. But it's it's kind of a cool thing. They This was started by Norwegian, and since then, Royal Caribbean has also jumped on the bandwagon. So it's it's a little bit more of an equalizer than the old system where some people would just get random phone calls saying, congratulations, you know, you've been been you you've been upgraded. Uh, I believe and I believe Carnival still sort of basically contacts people, whether it's via email or they get a message on the site saying, hey, you know, would you like to upgrade to uh, a different category? And they tell you exactly how much it is. So there's no there's no guessing there. This is a little bit of gambling because you don't know, um, you know, you're taking a guess at how much you think is going to be the winning bid. It's sort of like being on the prices, right? Well, I guess just so I'm tracking here with you, because I've never done this before. I know that on their website, they have that slider from, say, mm-hmm. zero to 400 or whatever, you know, yep. dollars per person. If you only slid that slider over maybe a quarter of the way, is it basically like your chance of getting that upgrade is going to be next to nothing? Well, that's the theory. Although I'll tell you, when I when I did mine, I bid a low bid. I, I was, I think it was, I think the lowest you could bid on, on, the cruise I was doing was $50 and I bid $75 and I got it. So I've heard all kinds of stories. I've heard people who placed incredibly low bids and got amazing, you know, suites as a result of it. Like they were in a balcony and they bid on the Haven and they actually got it for a very low bid. I've also heard people who pushed that slider all the way over as far as it would go into the excellent category and did not end up winning the bid. So, you know, it's, like I said, it's a gamble. Fielding our next question is Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Sherry, Leanne wants to know, what's the best way to get a discount on booking 10 cruise cabins? Well, I guess, Doug, I have to put on my, my old, take my dust off my old travel agent hat for this one. <laughs> so anyway, just for the record, Leanne, under most circumstances, you can get a group rate or added amenities with the major cruise lines if you book only eight staterooms. They have to be booked and paid for, not just, you know, on hold. Um, and sometimes, especially now it's wave season, there might be other promotions when a group begins with less than eight booked staterooms. So, of course, I'm going to say it again, the way to get the best deals would be to book this group through a travel agent. Um, groups can get a little more complicated, too. There's a lot of money changing hands. There's a lot of pillows that have to get moved. Um, so I would you know, if you can, I don't know where you live, but if you can find a cruise-oriented, either home-based travel agent or a brick-and-mortar agency near where you live, they might have access to added amenities for your group. It depends on what consortiums they work with, and that's you know that was another topic we had a few few months ago. But um, they may be able to come up with something better than if you called, say, Royal or Carnival on your own and said, "I want to have a group." And, and keeping um, that in mind, depending on how many state rooms you actually do fill, you may be entitled to the cash equivalent of one of the berths. So 
cruise lines always advertise, book a group and get a free berth. Well, you do based on a certain amount of um, cabins that are booked, but keep in mind, it's just one bed. It's the basic cruise fare. It doesn't include port charges or fees or taxes. Now, if you find a travel agent you can work with, um, they might have access, like I was saying, extra amenities. Sometimes, I mean, in my in the old days, I book a group and every woman get a bathrobe. And this wasn't advertised. It was what the agency was entitled to get. It was their incentive for putting groups with that cruise line. So look around a little bit. Know that you have options um, and try to get, you know, of course, get the best deal you can. Um, and if you can book it during wave season, that may add a little bit more to the kitty for you. Have so, fun. Yeah. So basically, if you want to get the best available rate with eight or 10 or 12 cabins, find yourself a good travel agent. Absolutely. Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, if you do book enough cabins that you do get a free berth, and I'm just making up a mound here, say it was $700 just for the, for that, you can then take that cash or virtual cash and, and deduct it from the total cost of everyone else's final payment. So if, for example, you had seven cabins, say you could say, I'm just making this up, say you had seven cabins and that entitled you to a free berth, then you could, and, and the free berth was actually $700. You can take $100 off of each cabin at final payment or $50 per person. So, you know, it all depends on what you can find out there. But for groups, it's, it's so much easier to go through a travel agent and they can have all the, <laughs> literally the headache of trying to keep everything organized and make sure everybody's come up with their deposit and their final payment and their room change and all this. So, yeah, try to find a travel agent. And it sounds like you gotta, you're going to have a lot of fun. Very good. Next question comes from Kevin. Every time I hear the name Kevin, I think of Home Alone. Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> I'm sailing on the Norwegian getaway out of New Orleans in March. We're a group of 16, and we're wondering if you know any details about how Norwegian's onboard app works, as I have not sailed with them in a few years. Some of my questions are, do you know if they have a chat feature like the Carnival Hub app, and can we use the app without purchasing a Wi-Fi package on board? Okay, so right now the Norwegian app is a little bit of a work in progress, although I think that's kind of true for all of the cruise lines. They all know that it's really important for people to stay connected, whether it's with people back home or the fellow people that they're traveling with. And so they're all doing their best to develop these apps. Um, they're also working really hard to make it as easy as possible for you to spend money while on board. So that's why, for example, you mentioned the Carnival Hub app. On the Carnival Hub app, you know, you can order drinks and have them delivered. You can order pizza and have them delivered because those are all ways that they're making money. But let's focus on the Norwegian app for a second. It has some really great features and a lot of potential, but it's not perfect. On the plus side, it's a fantastic way to keep track of what's going on around the ship. So you don't necessarily have to carry around, you know, a folded up copy of the Freestyle Daily in your pocket and, you know, <laughs> worry about jumping in the pool and ruining it. You can just keep your phone. Although I suppose if you have your phone and you jump in the pool, you're going to ruin something far more expensive than a Freestyle Daily. But all of the information about what's going on on the ship is available on the app. So is you also... You also have the ability to make dinner reservations, to check and see what time shows are. 
You can mark things on the um, on the digital version of the Freestyle Daily. You can mark things that are sort of maybe you want to be reminded of later, and it'll send you a little notification, things like that. They do have a chat feature, but the chat feature is something you have to pay for. Oh, and that seems to be true across most of the cruise lines. It's not a big fee. It's usually like 5 or $10. But when you're traveling with 16 people, that could add up. So I'm not you know, real sure that that's necessarily something that you want to do. You do not have to have the Wi-Fi package in order to take advantage of the basic functions of the app. You basically, when you get on board... You know, you put yourself in airport mode and then you look at the Wi-Fi and it'll say, um, I think it's like, it says something like NCL app or something, and you automatically connect to it and it will have limited, you know, you won't be able to go to Google or check your email or anything like that, but you will be able to access the app and do the basic functions. I would say that you should definitely have everybody download the app in advance Heck, download it now because it's great for research. It's great for being able to look up different things on the ship. It even has like a countdown clock so it can sort of help you get excited. Um, I would definitely recommend the app, but I don't know that I would recommend it even with the chat feature, even if you were all paying for it. I wouldn't recommend it as something to like, you know, use as a main means of communication. And here's why. It can drop. Um, I have been on the ships at times when I have sent somebody a message saying, hey, you know, you want to meet in the casino? And they'll get the message two hours later. And, well, being me, I'm still in the casino, but you might not be still in the casino. So, you know, it's it's a little spotty. It's not as great as it could be, but uh, it's it's pretty functional. Betty has the next question. Looking for a chill beach day and in. Betty has the next question. Looking for a chill beach day in Antigua. Any suggestions? Oh, Betty, have I got a place for you. Get Jughead and Archie and Reggie and the rest of the gang and head over to this cool little place called Beach Limers. It's B-E-A-C-H-L-I-M-E-R-Z, I believe is how it's spelled. Uh, we discovered it sort of by accident. We were looking for a place to go. We wanted something chill. We wanted something away from the crowds. Um, it's a, a great little, it's basically, technically it's a restaurant, but it's right on the beach. It has, uh, the restaurant and the bar are situated in what seems almost like a, uh, tree house. It feels like you're in the Swiss family Robinson tree house and it overlooks the beach. Then you go down from the restaurant and there's a beautiful private sand beach. It's all the way at the end of a beach, so there's there's nobody around. There's no, like, peddlers or, you know, nobody coming around asking if you want to get a picture taken with a monkey. It's very private. Uh, but there's a nice long stretch of beach, and if you want to go for a walk down to the public beach where, you know, there's there's vendors and things, it's, it's maybe a 10-minute walk down the beach. They have great food. You can do it two different ways. You can either set it up that you pay in advance for, you know, a nice lunch and a beach chair rental. And, you know, it includes like a couple of drinks or whatever, or you can pay as you go. One of the other things that's really nice is when you get in touch with them to make your reservation. And I do recommend making a reservation. You could just show up, but if it's a crowded day or if there are a few different ships in port, you might run into a little bit of a problem. But when you contact them to make arrangements to go over and visit them, they will happily arrange for the transportation 
for you. They'll arrange for um, a driver to pick you up and bring you over. And, you know, yes, there is a charge, but it's it's not expensive. It's just like it's just like taking a cab over. Uh, but they have specific relationships with drivers that they use. Both times that I've been there, the same driver picked us up and brought us over. It's just it's so relaxed. And so it's probably of the various private beaches that I've gone to, this is really probably my favorite. Service can be a little bit slow. You know, you're on island time and, you know, nobody's running to, to get you anything, but everything is just chillaxed and beautiful. And it's, it's really one of my favorite spots. Even just sitting here telling you about it, I've got like this big smile on my face and thinking, wow, I can't wait to go back there. Antigua was what, formerly a British colony, was it? I believe that's correct, but as anyone who knows me knows me, I know very little about history, math, geography, um, basically the, the various sciences. I'm not really good on them, but I think that's correct. But it is the land of 365 beaches. I do know it, that. It is 365 beaches, and I think I've been to two of them, so I need a lot more <laughs> visits back. But the problem is, when you find a place that you really love, which is what Beach Limers was for me, you know, the second time I went back, I, I thought, should I go somewhere else? But I didn't want to risk being disappointed. So I mm -hmm. went back to this beautiful, amazing, you know, kind of, it, it feels like a private paradise. When you pull up, you know, and they're standing there and they've got their little rum punch that they're greeting you with, you really expect Mr. Rourke to come out and be like, you know, welcome to Fantasy Island. It's that perfect. <laughs> We've been talking with staff writer Richard Sims. As always, thank you, man. Glad to be here. Next question, we're heading over to the Mediterranean with Rob from CruisingExcursions.com. Hey, Rob. Good morning, Doug. Pleasure as always. We need help finding a tour in Naples where a family of five with three kids under the age of 10. So when port into Naples, I would always advise to take a tour of Pompeii. And even with the children, I would still recommend this. Now, we have two tours that both take in Pompeii. We have a half-day tour of four hours and a full-day tour of eight hours. The half-day tour, our Pompeii and Naples city tour, is the four-hour duration, and that would include a two-hour tour of Pompeii, taking in the amphitheater, the gladiator chambers, of course, the main square of the city, and then also taking in the townhouses of the rich and the poor, and bringing the everyday hustle and bustle of uh, Pompeii to life. And then once you've had your tour of Pompeii, and the two hours spent there, you would then have a panoramic tour of Naples, where you see the old town, um, the Castle of the Egg, and the drive-through of Naples there, before being returned back to the port. So even with the children there, there's not a lot of walking included within that tour. It would just be the, the, um, the time spent at Pompeii. And I think that would be of interest to, to children, especially adults of all ages. So I definitely wouldn't rule that out just for the walking there, because there would be time after the tour and the rest of the day where you could relax on board the ship. But then we do have the full day variants, which again is an extremely popular tour. And that's the Pompeii, Sorrento and Positano view. Of course, that's going to take in Pompeii, as the name suggests. So that would include that two hour guided tour of the ruins. But then you're also going to include a scenic drive along the Amalfi Coast, which is um, not for the faint hearted. Um, it's a lovely little winding road um, along the coast, offers some gorgeous views along the Mediterranean. And then you're going to arrive into a lovely little town called Sorrento. And the time spent in Sorrento is completely at your leisure. So whether you wanted to just do some souvenir shopping, maybe find a little quaint restaurant for something to eat, a drink maybe, you would have that option. 
So again, even though in Pompeii, um, there's the walking aspect of that tour, neither the full day or the half day excursion um, are very active really, apart from that, you know, the way you want to spend the rest of your day is very much up to you. And having that time to rest on the coach uh, before exploring Sorrento will give the children a chance to kind of catch their breath as well and, and get them good to go for the afternoon. But of course, it does depend on, on your children um, and what you think they would be suitable for. But I definitely wouldn't rule out Pompeii um, when porting into Naples. Yeah, I would also add, if you have three young ones you're traveling with, you'll definitely want to do an excursion because the Naples traffic, like downtown Naples where the ships dock, that can get pretty crazy down there. That is definitely right there, Doug. Yeah, it's I cool. remember my time in Naples. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, a little hair-raising. Yeah. Um, very, very busy, for sure. All right. Thank you, Rob. If you have a listener question, feel free to drop me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Or if you'd like to share your review, the same email address applies. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care.